Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, Andrew, also known as the Cashflow King, and Gonzo is out there, but he's not feeling well, guys, so send Gonzo love and high vibrations this morning. I am very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how YouTube's new CEO sees massive use cases for NFTs on the platform, as Hedera Hashgraph is rumored to be adding Sony to their governing council. The CFTC chairman is officially labeled Ethereum as a commodity, and we discuss what this could mean for Ripple against the SEC. Filecoin is up nearly 25% this week after launching a major upgrade to their blockchain, as XRP is now being leveraged in the Middle East, being used by one of the largest payment corridors on the planet. And with the possibility of many stablecoins being wiped out by regulation for the industry, we break down the details, showing our listeners how this digital revolution is set in stone. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, you've got some fantastic news prepared for today, but the CFTC commissioner calling Ethereum a commodity that's pretty exciting. Before we get into it, how you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. Well, first of all, I'm feeling a, obviously a lot better than Gonzo. So, Gonzo, if you're out there, brother, sending you love and high vibrations, I hope you feel better. Uh, let me just say good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And uh, great to see you both, Andrew and Abs. Can't wait to hop into the news today. Let's go. Andrew Cashflow is in the building as well, ladies and gentlemen. And I know you're excited about the technical news we have for today. But before we get into it, how you feeling, Andrew? Thank you for being here. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good evening. Good afternoon. 5 p.m. here in the Netherlands. I'm uh, always looking forward to, to see you all in the Good Morning Crypto Show on Monday. So, uh, Gonzo, best wishes. And, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's go for, for an excellent show today. Awesome, guys. And with that being said, we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin fear and greed index is in what? We are in greed this morning, Johnny Crypto, sitting at a 58, just three basis points down from Friday. So we're going to look at some of the daily movers. When we check out some of the daily movers, it's green bubbles across the board. And oh my goodness, CFX is up 500%. Never heard of this token before, so we'll dive into it during the episode. Today, we are sitting at $1.13 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 42% dominance. Ethereum is about 18%. Bitcoin is just below 25,000 at 28,800. Ethereum, 1,700. XRP is 40 cents. Cardano is 40 cents. Avalanche, $21. Lidow, which is a decentralized Ethereum staking network, has been performing extremely well, up 27% on the seven day. 
and one of our favorites, Quant Network, $141 this morning. But Johnny, before we get into our news, we got 187 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and thank you for starting your Monday. Johnny, what catches your attention before we get into our news? Well, yeah, I mean, what's up with CFX? I want to know about that one. That was uh, there. We know files been pumping too. But yeah, just remember, guys, we are in the greed zone, which means if you're in greed, you want to replace that word with the with the word sell. So if you are looking to, if you bought, you know, if you DCA'd a few months ago and you're up five or ten x or two or three four x, yeah, it might not be a bad time to start. Yeah, look at those charts. It's probably not a bad time to take a little bit off the table, abs. Um, I actually did that on a couple of my own uh, a couple of days ago. So uh, you have to just figure out how you're going to play this game um, because we know longer term, you know, I want to reinvest that back in. I, I believe we're going much higher. I'm just not so sure we're going much higher right now. Thank you, Johnny. And we're going to start the show with a video of one of our friends, BitBoy Crypto, before we kick it back to the cash flow king. Here we go. The SEC should not matter. We have gone through a transition where Gary Gensler has hijacked our entire industry. He won't tell you what's really happening. All he does is he takes his orders from the banks. He worked at Goldman Sachs, for God's sake. We literally have a banker running crypto. I told you they would not do it from the outside. They would come to the inside and try to break it up from in the middle. And that's exactly what's happening here, Andrew Cashflow. We saw Gary Gensler's announcement just last week stating that custody services were going to be moving away from companies like Coinbase and into Bank of America, into JP Morgan and many of the traditional financial institutions. So BitBoy's spot on right here. Before we get into our articles, how do you feel about Gary Gensler taking Coinbase's money and moving it over to JP Morgan? Yeah. Uh, Johnny, get the clock. Because it's 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 already time to get the clock. I mean, it it's it's all a game, you know. Those those banks, the big the big institutions, they know that that if they are not going in in this game, they will lose the game. So so they need to go in, and and that that's why I love decentralization so much. So take your crypto off exchanges, take care of own your self custody, and you know. And that, that's how we should do it. And, and yeah, maybe teach those big banks a lesson so that, that we don't take it anymore. It, it, it's done. It, it, we are ready. However, yeah, a lot of people need to learn how to store your crypto in, in a safe way. And yeah, you know, you, you need to take that effort. And on the other hand, you know, also look at the positive side of the, of the medal. Um, if there is a lot of custody possibilities, it's also good for crypto and, and crypto adoption. So crypto will go up and, uh, and, and that, that's, that's, that's good for everybody. So, you know, there is always two sides on a, uh, on, on, on a case. And uh, yeah, these are my, my two cents about uh, this case. Thank you, Andrew. And it reminds me of just last week when we heard from Tony Edward, one of our good friends, that he had an inside source stating that POTUS, the president of the United States, was actually giving Gary Gensler the green light to not only regulate crypto, but take the bad participants away from this market. And Johnny, we got an update from Kraken CEO, the man who just paid Gary Gensler over $30 million. He said, I have a theory. Regulators let the bad guys get big and blow up because it serves their agenda. One, it destroys the capital and resources in the crypto system. Two, it burns people and deters adoption. And three, it gives air cover to good actors, to attack good actors. The bad guys are actually on the one side and the good guys, well, they're the enemy, Johnny. And I think that's the theme that we've been seeing throughout the United States regulation. 
The regulators are coming in to support the bankers and push away people like Kraken, like Coinbase, like these other custody services for one reason and one reason alone. They do what the banks do in a better way. If you're able to stake your stablecoin like Tether and earn 4% and not have to use Bank of America, why would any traditional financial institution be an advocate for that? What does it mean to you, Retta? It's just, you know, it's a typical old adage of not wanting to let go of your power, right? <laughs> you got a better solution. If you're making a bunch of money and another solution comes along and threatens it, you're going to do everything in your power to try and combat that, right? And that's what you're seeing here. So it is unfortunate because, you know, it was nice the fact that you could get four, five, six, almost up to 20%. Actually, you could on one, one of the cryptos on, on the Kraken staking platform or what we fake staking platform, I call it. Um, but yeah, you know, so, you know, and the same thing with Nexo, you're able to get up to 12%. So those interest earns, you're not going to see that. <laughs> you let me know what bank is going to give you 12%. Good luck finding that one. When you do, everybody and their mother would be flocking there. It just doesn't exist, Abs. And so, you know, sooner or later, the party had to come to an end because otherwise the banking system would have been under serious threat if everybody was eventually had learned. Right. Don't forget, we only had four or five percent of the world who even know about crypto and maybe even less staking crypto. Imagine if, you know, 50 percent of the world knew you could stake and earn 12 percent or five percent what they would do with their money it would be a complete game changer. So this this was coming to an end. It never had a chance. Now what you're going to see is the 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 system is going to get its grips into it, and then eventually they'll release some version of it. Um, and when they have their paws in it, maybe then they'll let you get two three percent. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Great, Tall Johnny. And one of the things that we're talking about right now is the revolution taking place with finance. And HBAR is one of the companies at the forefront. We've got some breaking news here, at least a breaking rumor within the HBAR community, as one of these influencers found that their Hedera's governing council could be adding Sony as a member. So Hedera momentarily followed Sony on Twitter before unfollowing because Hedera only follows governing council members. Now, what I think happened here is that somebody runs Hedera's Twitter account, heard about the Sony news, went, followed Sony on Twitter, and then got to go ahead. Hey, guys, we haven't made this official. Go unfollow Sony. So, Johnny, what do you think about Hedera possibly using Sony and the fact that they followed them and then unfollowed them only one hour later? Yeah, I mean, people are humans, right? Humans make mistakes. It's very, it's a very plausible argument that that could have been the case, Abs. Um, it could also have been just, you know, human error as well. You never know. Somebody following you thinking, oops, they realize they did that. But nonetheless, regardless of what the reason is, Hedera itself is, a, you know, everybody, a lot of people like HBAR. Um, I think the problem with Hedera is just this marketing of, of its product, but nonetheless, it has a good technology and certainly one of those that I'm interested in longer term to see how that plays out. That's one of those horses I've got in the stable. Definitely going to be running along with that one and seeing where it goes. Andrew, and some reassuring news here is that despite the crypto winter, Hedera has been performing better than many other tokens in the market. And their CEO actually made a bold statement here. He said that during quarter four, it was really good. And the quarter that built on the prior three were also showing really strong. During crypto winter, Hedera has gone the exact opposite directions in terms of the general market for its use case and the metrics flowing through this network. So, Andrew, despite the bear market, despite volume moving away from crypto, Hedera seems to be growing this time. And we've used this as one of the leading indicators to find successful projects. What was Ripple doing during the bear market? Not only were they hiring additional employees, they were looking to acquire payment companies. <laughs> Many people were being sued by the SEC and trying to figure out a way to keep their company running. So what does it mean to you that Hedera's got all this positive news and the possibility of Sony working on this blockchain? 
you know what what makes me laugh is this is the 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 ceo is telling about his own project and if i look at the price chart actually the last three quarters of uh, the last year or the, the last last quarter of last year h bar only went down so you know that this is also a way to hype up your own coin if nobody checks it out however i want to say i like h bar very much and i also like to give a tip to everybody download the hashtag wallet as a chrome extension and stake your h bar with a percentage of 6.5 percent on, uh, on apr or apy so make some extra money maybe you have only three five hundred dollars in 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 h bar but still you know just do it you there is no unstaking period uh, uh you, you get uh, you need to wait for 48 hours before the staking rewards will come in there is no restaking necessary you know free trip free tip from the from the cash flow king make cash flow with h bar Thank you, Andrew. And that's great news there. But Johnny, I wanted to get your thoughts on this as well. We had a story last week talking about how PlayStation could soon be integrating NFTs. And now we've got this partnership with Hedera possibly in the works. Is there any connection there? I know you got an inside source with NFT Towns. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> inside connections there. But, you know, it makes a logical sense to me that you would have uh, PlayStation moving all the gaming systems for that matter, apps going towards uh, the gaming uh, NFT side of the game. Uh, it just, it's a natural integration for me to see NFTs and gaming come together. I would expect that. I'd actually be shocked if that didn't happen in the long run. Um, we've, we, we know that one of the things that Gala is trying to do is give gaming back to, you know, put the control and power of all the time and effort you put into a game into your hands so that you own something you own the player you own the 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 weapons and things the the things that you earn in the game and so if 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 these gaming companies don't go that way companies like gala will eventually take that away from them so yeah i'm not surprised at all i'm actually expecting to see that happen long term it would make no sense for that to not happen Johnny, and coincidentally, that was a perfect transition into our next article as YouTube has not only hired a new CEO, their new CEO is an endorser of NFTs and blockchain technology. But guys, we got 286 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button and check out this brand new news coming out of YouTube's headquarters. YouTube has a new CEO who actually gets NFTs and even went to list the potential use cases. YouTube has hired a new chief officer who once floated integrating NFTs into video sharing on the platform. He's been instrumental in building some of the platform's biggest projects, including YouTube TV, YouTube Music, and YouTube Premium. He was once offered a role as the chief product officer at Twitter, but turned that down once Google put forth a $100 million offer so that he would stay. So money well spent, Google. Uh, early last year, incoming CEO Mohan hinted at the potential future plans for NFTs, saying YouTube believes in the underlying technology and the potential for helping creators develop deeper relationship with their fans. For example, giving a verifiable way for fans to own unique videos, art, and photos, or even experiences from their favorite creators could be a compelling prospect for creators and their audience. We think there's incredible potential in bridging the gap between the audience and the creator. So Johnny, we're seeing it here. If YouTube doesn't step up, we know the competition will. What does it mean to you that YouTube is coming out and indirectly stating that NFTs could enhance their platform? Well, I mean, I think YouTube is always looking for any way to integrate uh, potential cash flow into their channel. 
And NFTs are certainly, remember, NFTs are a license to do things or own something. And content creators, right? YouTube has a shit ton of content creators. So it can totally make sense to me to see them wanting to integrate, um, you know, a system in place like this that allows them to capitalize or monetize. I mean, and I'm sure it'd be kind of a sharing function, but nonetheless, not surprised at all. Abs, you're going to see this happening over and over and over again through all the, de- oh, Gary, thank you for your support, by the way. We love that, buddy. Really appreciate you. Gary's in the house, guys. Show him your love. But um, He might be attacking XRP, but he likes Good Morning Crypto. He likes bro. Good Morning Crypto. Yeah, Gary Denver. Abs, <laughs> there you go, Gary. I put you on the screen. There we go. <laughs> there we go. So anyway, I, yeah, to me, I think it's an excellent thing that we're seeing integration of NFTs into into this space. And, uh, you know, I think that will just continue. You're going to see it more and more coming. Awesome. Andrew Cashflow, I'm going to kick it back to you, my friend. We've got YouTube possibly launching NFTs, and I think it's only safe to say they're going to be going into the metaverse as well. As they stated, Mohan has also touched at the metaverse, stating that YouTube was thinking big about how to make the viewing experience more immersive. And what do we know about the metaverse? It's an immersive version of the internet. So it's exciting to see the biggest tech companies on the planet publicly addressing this technology. What's it mean to you, Andrew? Uh, yeah, let, let me let me say something about this because if I read this, it's all perfect for the user and more monetization. But then I'm, I'm my, my brain starts working and think, okay, how good is it for YouTube? So YouTube is still a centralized environment, and if they are going to support for you NFTs, so who is the owner of the NFT? Did we think about it? So, like, like if you upload your your picture and your 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 your, your quotes to uh, to Facebook, everything is owned by Facebook. So, if you upload a video to uh, to YouTube, yeah, it's owned by by YouTube. So, if you have a sort of combination with with an NFT, yeah, who's the owner of the NFT? So, I would say, I I would very much love it if there would be an NFT system that I can take off of YouTube that I can sell on an exchange and that, for example, I can take that NFT to Rumble and put it there on their system. And then we have really an open system because then the, the creator is really in, 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 in possession and, and owns the NFT and can do what he wants. But I, I a little bit fear that it is somewhat more centralized than than what people first think about it because everything is hallelujah and, and fantastic and beautiful. But uh, watch those big guys. They uh, want to, to stay in control. Absolutely, Andrew. And one of the exciting things we're going to show our listeners today is the CFTC commissioner breaking down the difference between a security and a commodity. So Johnny Crypto, we're about to let this short video play and go right back to you, my friend. Here we go. Point is a commodity under the Commodity Exchange Act. We haven't said anything about Ether until now. Uh, It is my view as chairman of the CFTC that Ether is a commodity and therefore it will be regulated under the CEA. And my guess is that you will see in the near future uh, Ether related futures contracts and other uh, derivatives potentially traded. So you're hearing this all for the first time. This is first time Yahoo Finance. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news, Johnny Crypto. And one of the important uh, definitions here is that if there's any centralized entity responsible for the success of a crypto token, 
that token is considered a security. Now we can go into debate here about whether the Ethereum Alliance is really responsible for the success of the token, but we're going to talk about the Ripple perspective here. I'd like to know what it means to you, and then I'm going to play that broader definition. Oh man, if I were the Ripple attorneys, I'd be playing, I'd be sending this video to Judge Torres and everybody else. I mean, if you're going to call Ethereum a, a, a commodity, then when you look at the steps they took to launch Ethereum, they were clearly 100% a security and they're obviously not considered a security today. Therefore, by definition, almost every single other coin that followed the same approach, which obviously Ripple was, you know, you could argue in the beginning days in the early days was similar. Um, then by that, by that, by the very definition today, then that means Ripple is also, or I mean, XRP is also not a security by today's standards. So, you know, let's, let's get the case over with, you know, that, that this could be great. I mean, that's huge news, by the way, if you're an Ethereum lover or an Ethereum follower, this is going to uh, help Ethereum explode. No surprise there. We knew Ethereum was going to get a free pass. And now you just got it. It just happened today. If that if that was from today, uh, no, no, that video is sorry. I, I did preface it, but maybe uh, maybe I wasn't clear. That video is from 2019, so it did fuel the bull run for Ethereum because right afterwards they allowed those futures trading to come into effect. So it did have an effect on the market, but it's not like this is breaking news from today. It's just exciting because of what's going on with Ripple against the SEC. Yeah, fair enough. So again, and in that case, you know, knowing that it's been out for two, three, four years, that news. A, no surprise that Ethereum blew up. But secondly, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm, I'm certainly hoping that the attorneys leverage that kind of stuff because, again, if you're going to call Ethereum and say it's not a, uh, if you're going to call it a uh, commodity, then you know, again, I would almost think a lot of coins would follow that approach. But obviously, that hasn't happened, right? People aren't leveraging that. People aren't doing that. And the SEC is coming after anybody and everything. In fact, they're saying almost, I don't know if you heard this the other day, Gary said almost every single cryptocurrency is actually a security. He said it's just the opposite of what we just heard. Convenient, there. convenient, right? Yeah, very convenient. So convenient very, very guy who gets to regulate securities. Let's turn it the other way around. If I would be a developer and, and, and a project and I would, I would uh, launch, I would like to launch a commodity. You wouldn't know how to do it. There are there are no rules that say, okay, if you launch in this or this or this way, then then you are a commodity. It's absolutely impossible. So how, how can you judge any other project if there are no rules? And Andrew, we have more evidence of that here because he talked about the in, the impact that an initial coin offering could have. And that's exactly what Ethereum did back in 2014. So back in 2014, the minimum investment for Ethereum's ICO was only $4. And when he went back and tracked the wallets that participated, 17 people put up the original $4 investments. Of those sellers, the longest holdout was approximately 3000 480x on your money. One of them immediately flipped it for $11 profit. And there's still people, still seven participants who are holding all of their initial Ethereum, which is currently worth $22,000 today. So a $4 investment is now worth over 22 grand. It's not astronomical numbers, but it's evidence of an ICO. Andrew, I'm going to kick it back to you. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I mean. I mean, for, for me, at least, the rules, I, I'm, I was in, in a former life, I was a developer. I could not say, if, if I was a project manager, I could not say how to develop a project so that Gary Kensler would say, okay, this is, this is not a community, uh, uh, or this is a commodity. And, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, however, 
congratulations for all the people that are in this project. So let's also see it positive. And uh, I wish I could have invested in those uh, in those early days. And then I would have invested about two to five hundred dollars, and I would uh, I would be in a very good position. I'm with you, Andrew. But it's like they say, everything happens for a reason. And when Johnny Crypto sold his Amazon in the early 2000s, little did he know one of his closest friends' apps was in elementary school. But guys, we got 326 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny Crypto, I'm kicking it right back to you, my friend. But first, we're going to listen to the definition of a commodity versus security. So as long as it's not a security... It, it basically falls within the definition of a commodity. And I would encourage all of you, to the extent you have time, the SEC has gone through and essentially uh, laid out an analysis of when a crypto asset is a security or not. Um, so it's a very interesting test, but essentially, Ready? if it's being used as an investment and you're making an investment in a crypto asset and that crypto asset um, is a common enterprise and you think you're gonna drive profits from the work of others, uh, as opposed to the intangible value of the crypto asset itself, then it's more likely to be a security. It's very, very, that's a very interesting definition because if any of these blockchains are going to be successful, you're going to see use cases from centralized entities, whether it's Hedera's Governing Council, the Ethereum Alliance, Ripple when it comes to XRP, or the Stellar Foundation on XLM. All of these prominent blockchains have some sort of centralized entity giving it utility, giving it use case, going to these centralized institutions and explaining why they need to use crypto. So, Johnny, it's a very interesting play on words. It's from 2019. What does it mean to you and how do you apply this to what Ripple is going through today? Well, the problem with it is that that is the actual definition. If you look at like if you were investing in stocks and stuff. And so I think from that perspective, it's somewhat consistent. Now, the question is, when you look at almost like you said, abs. When you look at any one of these cryptocurrencies, there was some foundation or some entity that wrote the code that started deriving the base uh, code of the product, which then um, will form a utility or use case that then can drive the price of the cryptocurrency up. So by that definition, like literally almost every single, every single, um, you could argue that a good chunk of cryptocurrency would be a security under under that definition, including, by the way, Ethereum. And yet in the same statement, here he is saying Ethereum is not a commodity, uh, it's not a security. But when you think about, if you remember the video we played for our, our users here a long time ago, Vitalik came out and literally said, you know, we're going to offer this thing out there. We're going to use it to build a, <laughs> a utility, uh, a smart contract platform. And oh, by the way, the price can go up and people can appreciate it. He literally described the definition of a security. And that's exactly what Ethereum was. So again, it, it, this is the problem is it, the definition is out there. How it's being interpreted and policed is the problem. There's no consistency around that. And that's where the real problem comes from is the SEC is deciding who is and who isn't. And they're crossing the mudding the waters because you can't come out here and say Ethereum is a commodity. It's not based on the definition he just gave, but they are saying it is. So now, which is it? And that's what creates the confusion apps. Andrew, I love this comment we got from a listener here. It said, what the CFTC said is if the SEC thinks that a crypto is a security or is not a security, then it's considered a commodity. And we heard BitBoy Crypto state he wants the CFTC to regulate this industry. But behind the scenes, 
they're all moving us in the same direction. There's a good guy. There's a bad guy. There's Hester Pierce. There's Gary Gensler. There's the CFTC. There's the SEC. At the end of the day, they're all taking the traditional financial institutions and getting them involved in crypto. So, Andrew, I have some of my own thoughts, but I want to kick it over to you. What do you think about this video and what does it mean in the long term for Ethereum? WWE, baby. There you go. The long term for Ethereum is pretty simple. If you see how many major players are involved in developments with Ethereum, so Ethereum is not for nothing. One, one of the, 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 the second largest blockchain with all those immense if developments. So there is so much money to make and there is so much uh, pr propositions to, to make there. Um, yeah, it's clear. And I think there is a lot of um, yeah, power behind the scenes, be political power from the major players that already are in, in uh, Ethereum developments that there is a lot of yeah, pushing to, for Ethereum. To be a to be a commodity and all those others they don't like all those others however i'm not so sure about xrp because there is also an, a need for xrp so there are also some other other stuff that is happening there and why why the why the 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 the, the case is taking so many yeah already for two years now and it's going on so there, there are other yeah political uh, arguments going behind the scenes which we don't know and I think it will it will take a while. Uh, uh, Gary doesn't. I, sometimes Ivan, I think Gary doesn't know what he's doing. However, he's also not a stupid guy. He, I think he's absolutely knowing what what he's doing. But he has to serve, yeah, multiple multiple bosses from from the political point of view and from a public point of view. And it's 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 a difficult task for him. But in the end. Yeah, the major companies should win. That's what also what we saw at the, at the beginning of the internet. Also there, in the end, uh, there were a lot of small companies that are making uh, uh, stuff for the internet with, with the internet boom. And now what you see, it's all, yeah, uh, went into, into major companies. And that's what, we, that, that what, the, what the big banks and the big uh, entities also want to do with crypto. It should, should go to just, a handful of major players and yeah that, that's the game and and the, and the battle where we are in also as uh yeah as as, as uh, co consumer investors and and so let, let's see what happens and uh yeah it, it's an interesting fight Johnny, and it's almost painful, the irony that's going on here, because we're about to show our listeners the video of John Deaton stating he went to the SEC to get answers and he received blank documents in return. But guys, we got 329 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Andrew, you brought up something important, which is the fact that they're choosing winners and losers within this market. But at the end of the day, everybody got into crypto with the same narrative in mind. We are moving away from banks like JP Morgan and Bank of America. Well, what happens here in 2023? Johnny Crypto, Abs, and Andrew Castle are sitting here talking about how those traditional financial institutions are what are going to lead us into the bull run in 2025. So before I play this video, Johnny, I wanted to get a comment on that. What do you think about a lot of people who came in for decentralization being excited about JP Morgan and Bank of America coming into this market? Well, I mean, <laughs> you mean I'm not sure they're going to allow it to be decentralized, but that's what people want. Crypto started out in the whole purpose of it literally was for that reason if you remember when 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 bitcoin started that was 2009 after the 2008 uh debacle crash of everything because of centralized entities and so it was supposed to be a way 
to have an ability to go around that, you know, that system and to have an alternative um, means of exchange, uh, a currency exchange. And so that's what it's all about, decentralization. And what you're seeing is, in my opinion, you're starting to see the reversal of that or the ability to try and take away the decentralized element of it. And I think for Bitcoin, that's going to be almost impossible to do. But for the other ones, it's going to be very interesting to see how those play out in the long term. Really quickly, Roto, I just I, just because I might have missed, misphrased my question, I meant to say everybody came into uh, crypto with the idea that decentralization was the reason they were here. We're buying Bitcoin because we want to own something. We want the property rights. We want the ownership. Now those same people are excited because Gary Gensler, maybe they're not excited. They're just, they see the opportunity because Gary Gensler is getting JP Morgan and Bank of America involved. That's exact opposite reason of why we came in here in the first place. So I don't know. I just wanted your opinion there. Is it, what does it say about the average investor that they're switching their sentiment like that? And what does it actually mean for the market that big banks are coming in? Well, see, so that's a very great, that's a great point and different question, right? And the reality is here's what happens. So we know that the world operates, or, uh, humans operate on emotions. The biggest emotion of all is fear. And so when you have something that's new, like crypto, and sure, you can have advocates for it. And then when they see it crashing, collapsing all around them, FTX debacle, Celsius debacle, three euros debacle, everything's crashing. Of course, of course, they're going to say, oh, wait, you know what? This decentralized thing isn't working. And then when they hear names, they know. I've told you this over and over again. When, when people start hearing names that are reputable, that gives instant credibility. When they hear a name like J.P. Morgan or Chase or something that they know and they've known for a very long time and is coming in, it sounds like, hey, they're coming in to rescue this. Of course, they're going to flock to that and they're going to say, oh, this is a great thing because they're just uneducated. They don't understand the game. And that's why you want to click on the link below. Join the free Discord for the Academy. And when you join the Academy, what's going to happen is you're going to start to learn the game. You're going to know how the game is played. And when you learn how the game is played, then you understand what's happening. And then you'll see why, you know, then you can make a better decision for yourself abs, as to whether that's a good or bad thing. Absolutely, guys. We got 321 live listeners. Check out this breaking news as John Deaton is talking about how he tried to receive the him and emails. And he got blank documents in return. So we're going to break this thing down. Here we go. Is, did you know that 63 emails went out? with that last speech that gave Ether a free pass. Do you know who was the only commissioner to get a, a draft version of it? Who's that? Jay Clayton. Did you know Crypto Mom herself, Hester Purse, never saw it? How do you draft? Why, why would Clayton even be involved in that, that draft? Why, why would he even? He gave input. He's the only commissioner. Bill Hinman was deposed. Ripple was successful in getting him deposed. Of course, they redact everything yeah. to the public. And... We're about to go over the redacted documents, Johnny, but it plays in perfectly to our narrative. Actually, let's kick it off to Andrew Cashflow first. We always talk about how Hester Pierce has been very critical of Gary Gensler and what the SEC is doing when it comes to regulating crypto. Well, here we've got some breaking news that maybe it isn't all a game. Maybe all the world isn't a stage as Jay Clayton was drafting up regulations for what is a security versus a commodity. And Hester Pierce didn't receive any input during that conversation. So, Andrew, before we kick it back to Johnny, what does that mean to you? Um, don't forget, Jake Clayton was the guy who all started this uh, some, some days, two years ago, some days before Christmas. And then he left the, the, the SEC and then Gary Gensler came in. So, so that, that's what started. And, and 
I'm not so sure what Jay Clayton is currently doing, but also somewhere I thought he was somewhere connected with Ethereum. So it to me it it's it's a whole big game, and they are all working together just to get the, the biggest piece of the pie. And and that, that's what I can say of it. And you know, I do not want to scare anybody, but understand what is happening. And if you don't understand it, just see what's happening and accept that it is happening like it is happening. So don't get angry, but try to 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 yeah to get the best out of it and stay positive in your mindset and say, okay, what can I do to to come out of this 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 area with more money than I went in? And that's what Johnny said. Jo join us in the academy. We'll teach you everything how to do that. Because in the end, we are here to, uh, yeah, I say it often, more often. We are here to make money. And uh, let's uh, let's don't don't go into fear because fear is such a, a wrong emotion. Always see the the bright side of the of of the medal and 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 see see the possibilities. And with that being said, Andrew, we're going to play the remainder of this clip and kick it back to Johnny. Here we go. Uh, I have it here if you want to see it. They uh, the lawyers ask him, "Did you ever uh, represent?" How much uh, is redacted? Ethereum. Thank you, sir. Can I see? Check this out. This is this goes to Pat. You were telling a story a couple weeks back about you now. This is you were at Harvard and you you said that there was a guy who's having trouble to just find a congressman, pay him a half a million dollars. That was it. He's going through an election and he'll help you put up a law to hurt them. Is it? Yeah. In action, he's asked questions like, "Have you ever worked for Ethereum Foundation?" Look at the answers. Look at the freaking. Have you ever worked for the Ethereum Foundation? Is the question that was asked. They're about to show you the documents in response, Johnny. I'm going right back to you after this. Look at the redactions. All right, and this is look at whole, this is look at, it's. I'm going to pause it while you play, Johnny. But if you look at the redactions, every single word on the document has been blacked out with a highlighter. So I'm going to kick it back to you, and we'll have an open discussion. What does it mean to you that when they asked him if him was part of the Ethereum Alliance, he couldn't give a straight answer? They had to redact 90% of the information. Does that pretty much speak for itself? <laughs> well, you keep saying it's a blank piece of paper, but that's not true. There's a bunch of black lines on that piece of paper. But uh, the reality is, let's just let's just be let's just be let's use our brains, okay? If 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 they asked if he worked for Ethereum and the answer was no, do you think it would have been redacted? I mean, come on, let's just apply a little common sense here. The reality is we all know the answers. We all know what's going on. But, of course, it's not ready to be released to the public. So what you get is a nice uh, sheet of paper with a bunch of black lines drawn very nicely across all the words. So somebody has a ruler is really good with that. But nonetheless, it's unfortunate, Abs, that, you know, it's unfortunate that in the deposition when they did this, we were not able to get that evidence. Obviously, the courts, the cases, the, the attorneys got to hear it. But for the rest of the world, I guess we're going to have to wait for the case to end. Like everybody's patiently waiting for the Hinman emails. You know, I keep seeing every day. Oh, we got to get those Hinman emails here, guys. Let me tell you something. You're not going to see the Hinman. If the Hinman emails were going to leak, they would have leaked already. They've been out for three or four months. You ain't getting them. It ain't happening. You're going to see the Hinman market down. You're going to see the Hinman emails when the case is over and it doesn't matter no more. That's when you'll get to see the Hinman emails. Um, in my opinion, if they were coming out, they would have they been leaked already. Andrew Castle, the floor is yours, my friend. I'm going to pull up a statement from Brad Garlinghouse discussing the Hinman emails and what Ripple's statement was right after they got access. The uh, floor is yours, Andrew. Just talk about whatever you'd like. I'm going to pull up a tweet. <laughs> Um, I, sorry, I didn't get your question about. Uh, 
I lost my train of thought as well. Johnny, what were we talking about here? And I apologize for the 300. We're talking about the smartest, the smartest way to track your crypto. Guys, we're going to show you this quick application, and then I'm going to get my mind right in the background. Here Here's a quick 60-second break, and we'll get right back to the show. Here we go. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com. That's MerlinCrypto.com and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Guys, that is the smartest way to track your crypto. And if you're looking forward to using that technology, sign up for the 30-day free trial down below. You get free access to the application. It is a paid service, and we're giving it to you for free for the first 30 days. So go check it out, and then you get to decide if you think it's worth paying for. We're excited to give it to you. But Johnny, check out this breaking news, or not breaking news, an old update from Brad Garlinghouse, actually. Right after they got the him and emails or access to them, Stuart Alderati, the lead lawyer, tweeted out over 18 months and six court orders later, we have finally received the him and documents, the internal SEC emails and the infamous draft of his 2018 speech. While they remain confidential for now, I can say that it was well worth the fight to receive these documents. Brad Garlinghouse came in and also commented, the SEC wants you to think that it cares about disclosure, transparency and clarity. Do not believe them. When the truth eventually comes out, the shamefulness of their behavior will shock you. And that's exactly what we were playing in that in that video, Andrew. So I do want to get some comments from you before we continue. Hinman redacted 90% of his response with the Ethereum Alliance. And Brad Garlinghouse said he was smart to do so. What does that mean to you about the potential for the information in those emails? Uh, you're muted, Cashflow. Sorry. So, so what I'm thinking about is what, what are we fighting here, actually? I mean, it's a fight about 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 crumbs and, and and small things and emails and and it's it's all delaying everything and and it's it's so annoying. So what I think that Brett Garlinghouse should do is organize people around him, organize people in the government, and tell them, you know, attack the SEC because they are making no progress. They are uh, blocking innovation in the United States. That's what needs to happen. But I don't see uh, Brett Garlinghouse doing this. So what does Brett Garlinghouse know what we don't know? Why is he always smiling? He looks always relaxed, you know, and I like him very much, Brett. But I think he also knows more what, what's going on. So I don't know what you think about that, uh, Johnny, but that, that's more a, a view that I, I have on, the, on this case. Johnny Crypto, any additional thoughts here before we continue with our articles? We're about to show our listeners some breaking news out of Ripple as they've inked a new partnership expanding into the UAE. And if you're asking if they're using XRP, we can confirm those rumors. XRP is going to be used in the UAE. But before we do that, what do you think about Andrew's statements, Johnny? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you could just tell by Brad and in, in, uh, Stewart's reaction that there's obviously a smoking gun in those emails and or in that 
Hinman stuff, and that's why we never got a chance to see it. And that's why his testimony was 95% redacted because there's obviously something going on here that they don't want to get out to the public. I would imagine if it did, there'd be an uproar. So I, again, as I said earlier, I don't think we will see them until the case is over, but what I'm hoping, and I think the whole XRP army is hoping abs is that those emails, those Hinman emails will help swing the case in the direction uh, for the judge in the direction of XRP. So, Hopefully that's where it will go, but we'll have to wait and see. And again, we have no time frame. I mean, she could take as long as she wants. Uh, so I know we've heard, you know, in the next three to six months. So hopefully that'll happen. But now we're just waiting. It's a wait and see game. June 30th is the deadline that we are going to be keeping an eye on. But Johnny, as the United States is hindering regulation and hindering the growth of crypto assets, Companies or countries like the UAE, Japan, and China are putting this at the forefront. We've got some breaking news here as Ripple has inked a brand new partnership in the UAE, possibly leveraging XRP for on-demand liquidity services. And this is groundbreaking because while the United States is annexing this technology, it's being adopted around the world. And that means eventually the United States is going to be forced to catch up. So this is the news here. This is the new Ripple partner. And this is the reason it's so important. The company will be using XRP-based technology and on-demand liquidity services to optimize its cross-border payments within. This is a multi-billion dollar global conglomerate and a world-renowned brand in jewelry trading. The payment service aims to be one of the leading providers for foreign exchange services in the region. And in terms of cross-border payments, the website says that they offer a wide range of remittance solutions to every customer and guarantee the best rates possible for quick, easy transfers to any place on the planet. And Johnny, this is the news that we're waiting for. Everybody's like, is XRP going to pump based off this? Give it 18 months, my friends. Once we get a real ecosystem, once we get a rhythm to this market, these are the projects that are set to succeed. So, Johnny, before we kick it to Andrew, how do you feel about this news? Yeah, I mean, this to me is the kind of news. And by the way, was this a UAE bank? What was that? Was it, what was this? Yeah, so it's it's a it's a global conglomerate remittance service that also oh. does jewelry trading. So they do oh, gotcha. jewelry okay. as well. Yeah, to me, Abs, this is exactly the kind of news that, as an XRP army holder that I want to hear. No question about it. And, and the most important part is right there. The very first line that you have highlighted, the company will use XRP-based technology on-demand liquidity. Because I remember on the, when you're using the ODL, you, you don't have to use XRP, but you can use XRP. And in this case, they're clearly stating, if this article is correct, uh, if, if Ripple comes and confirms it, that they're using it. This is the kind of news that gets me excited because now you're talking about a use case that creates demand, right? It derives demand because you've got to have the coin, you've got to transfer the coin, you got to use it. And then and you want to, as you said, that is right there, the very essence of the ecosystem that we want to see continue to get built out over and over and over. Because everyone's going to be like, well, why didn't XRP pump? It's not going to pump on one thing. It needs a whole entire ecosystem for it to work. And when it does, that's when you'll truly see uh, the pumping of XRP, but it's going to take a while to get there. But this is a very, very historic day. Uh, or, or if this is true, it's, this is exactly the kind of wins you want to see happening for XRP. It is a historic day, my friends. And to cement that historic day, show us some love, smash that like button, because the United States may pretend like they're behind in government regulation, but we know they've been working on crypto assets since 1988. And for anybody who doesn't believe me, switch off and go Google that information. Crypto is not a new technology. But Andrew, how do you feel about XRP being leveraged in the UAE? We're about to show an article from Japan showing that XRP is also another major currency. 
Uh, mute button, Andrew. Yeah, yeah this, is, uh, this is actually good news because it's always all about utility. So the more utility there is for a specific crypto, yeah, the, 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 the less crypto there is available. And if there is more demand, price goes up. So it, it's excellent news. And if, if it is not built within the US, now yeah, then it is built outside the US. And you know, not all money goes from the US and to the US. No, there is also a lot of money streams going outside the US where US is not, not at all involved. So that's why I also don't understand why, why, why the US is making so much fuss about, about this crypto and other countries, also Asia and, and, and other countries, they are just going on and on and on and on. And it is built like, 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 like never before a new technology is built. So I would say US, you know, I'm from the Netherlands and Europe, but scratch yourself behind the ear and, 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 and think about what you're doing. You're missing the boat and missing the train. So we, we will see what happens, but you know, good news because the more usage, yeah, the better it is for the price of the coin. Absolutely, Andrew. And we're showing a list of a very interesting category of coins. This person, Crypto Mason, is calling this group the Illuminati coins, guys. These are the tokens that are being chosen by governments around the planet to not only build on top of their blockchain, but actually bring use cases like Andrew just stated to the ecosystem. Johnny, we've got some of our favorites on this list. And I'm not really, a, we're not going to dive into it too much, but I thought it was worth showing our listeners. Stellar, HBAR, XDC, Casper, IOTA, XRP, Quant Networks, some of our, many of our favorite coins are on this list. So really quickly, how do you feel about Crypto Mason calling these the Illuminati coins and the fact that many governments are choosing these blockchains to build on? Well, I mean, you know, that's still yet to be determined. We have to see what's happening and how this whole thing is playing out. But uh, it's funny because the majority of those coins are ones we've talked about on this show over and over again. I'm happy to say I have all abs. I actually have all those except two. So I got a little more work to do. But uh, yeah, for the most part, no surprise there that some some portion we've always said that there'll be a coexistence of these blockchains working together. And one of my favorite ones on that list there is Quant to be able to bring them all together and let them all 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 um have that same kind of common language. So we'll see where it goes, but I'm no surprise to see those on the list. Uh, when I look at every single one of those, those are exactly the only one that's on, that's kind of missing on there that we kind of think will be there too is Ethereum. We know ETH is going to be part of the system and that probably should be on that list as well. As well as Polygon, right? You would think Polygon would also be incorporated yeah. into this list. Andrew, we got a good comment here from one of our listeners. It said Stellar, Ripple, and Algorand were all at the World Economic Forum event. So calling them Illuminati coins is very, very fitting. But Andrew, how do you feel about many of these projects? Do you believe some on this list are set to succeed and be the global dominant currencies? Yeah, at, at least I hope they succeed. I mean, what, what Johnny says, uh, he owns a lot of those coins. Uh, there's some new coins actually for me inside, but yeah. Most of the coins I also own, not financial advice, but no more than two to five hundred dollars investments, and just see what happens because these are all small coins. They are not in the top ten, so they are, 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 are yeah smaller coins. So be aware, they all can go to zero. But a coin I, for example, I like very much is Casper uh, CSPR, and that's all, one of my favorites because I invested there in the pre-ICO face so i was able to buy uh, their coins uh, yeah extremely cheap for a couple of cents or so so yeah you know but but still watch watch also the the the, the price action 
and do not buy at the top. If, it, if, if it's all going up and also what we saw at the fear and greed index, the, 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 we are even a little bit in greed now. Let that not motivate you to buy at the high price. Just wait a little bit till it will come down again and then buy and, uh, and be, be rational when you, when you go in. But I think it's all a very nice, uh, nice coins that, uh, that I see here. Yeah. Thank you for the overview, whoever made it. Of course. And shout out to Crypto Mason. Hopefully one day we can get him on our show. So guys, go tweet at Mason vs. Luce. I'd love to have him on. But Johnny, check out this update out of Japan this morning as XRP is more popular in Japan than in the United States, a new study finds. Hong Kong study finds why XRP is the second most popular cryptocurrency in Japan with nearly 1.3 billion units traded in February of 2022 alone. And we're going to dive into a couple more details, but we know SBI, one of the largest banks in Japan, has been a longtime advocate of XRP, even putting out an article in 2018 stating that all transactions will run through the XRPL by 2025. And I'm going to pull up that document while you talk here, Johnny. What do you think about XRP being massively adopted in Japan while being annexed in the United States? Yeah, no, that's no surprise there. We've been talking about this for a while. We've always known that SBI has been the number one kickstarter if you will of of xrp and ripple they love xrp and ripple out in japan you're going to see a lot of it so if you were to look at a, a country that was going to champion or be the champion for xrp right now there's no question about it that it, there you go there's no there you go there's no question about it sbi has been pushing the hell out of xrp in japan and it's funny when i think coach and i were doing some research a few years ago into sbi very, very interesting to see who owns some of SBI. I can tell you that it does have ties back to some of the uh, the bigger names in the, in the world. So uh, that's another reason to be excited about it because it definitely feels like it is tied back to the super elites. Andrew Castle, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts as well. The study attributed XRP's success in Japan to its partnership with SBI Holdings. It is also worth noting that both firms run SBI Ripple Asia, a joint venture together. And with SBI's holdings chief, can't pronounce his name, previously serving on the board for Ripple, that's more optimistic news for the project. So Andrew, how do you feel about the adoption in Japan while the annexing in the United States and the fact that back in 2018, their CEO put out an article stating every bank in Japan will use XRP by 2025. Money sign, money sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, utility, utility, utility. And, I, and you know, I don't care where the utility is, but if you, Japan is not a small uh, economy, so if they are using it very much, I like it very much. However, I'm also curious about the bigger names uh, that you just meant, tried to mention, Johnny, who are, who are behind, uh, behind this all. So, uh, yeah, the more, the more uh, adoption we have, the better it is. The more bigger names we have, the better it is. And also, you know, people need to get used to the new technology and they need to feel comfortable. So also bigger names can help with, with adoption. Yeah. So, Johnny, who are the bigger names? Spill the beans, well, I, Johnny Crypto. Spill the beans. I, I can't say the names of this channel will get banned, and, and so will this video. But uh, but I'll put it in the private chat to you, uh, Andrew. Awesome, guys. And we're going to close out the show with an interesting article. I want to remind our listeners last week that Forbes published an article, Why the SEC Treats Ripple and Ethereum Differently, and they removed it off their website only one hour later. So that's a really important detail here. But another cool article I wanted to show you guys was that East Palestine is only weeks away from launching its new MyID medical service. And of course, 
they're not doing this to steal your information. They specifically state that within the article. It's very funny. So East Palestine is excited to make an important medical device available to all nearly 5,000 residents. What's important to know is they're not doing this to gain anybody's information or try and steal anybody's information. We're doing this to help the public in medical emergencies. So what is this little wristband here? It's going to hold all of your medical information. And if you have a medical emergency, they'll scan the QR code, note all the details about you. And it's also going to be uploaded onto a private service. So more adoption, more utility for centralized entities here, Johnny. I got some cool news I want to read here, but what does this mean to you broadly? My ID is launching in Palestine this year. Oh, this is just another subliminal programming of getting folks used to having all their data, you know, in, in one place, whether it's on a blockchain or wherever it is. This is just getting folks used to the idea or concept that all your information will be in one area. So that's a that's a that's a double edged sword, Abs, when you think about how this will work. Um, I how do you feel about the irony of them stating we're not doing this to steal your information? It's just a coincidence of our system. Yeah, well, that's exactly why I say it's a double-edged sword because that's exactly what it is, and and they're always going to sell you something under the under the uh, the concept that it's good for you. So, uh, and and listen, there are there's no doubt if you're passed out and someone sees you scan it and get that, that's kind of a good thing. I'm not saying it's not. The problem is you always have to figure out how do you protect the slippery slope of now knowing everything about you and protecting that information and your privacy and your rights. So John, that's I just realized I forgot to do an article and I know you're going to enjoy this one. So sorry to cut you off there, but I wanted to get this Filecoin news in here. This is something all of our listeners should be aware of as Filecoin is officially becoming a layer one protocol with smart contract capability. We don't really have too much time to dive into the details, but I'm going to read this one sentence here and then kick it right back to you, Johnny, because I know you're an advocate of this blockchain. So in a tweet from Filecoin this week, the launch of the Filecoin virtual machine, which will introduce smart contracts on the network, will take place March 23rd. We're excited about the launch of smart contracts and fully becoming a layer one blockchain. The, flip, the announcement launch was first announced in September of last year during a Filecoin conference in Singapore. Well, now we've inked that news, Johnny Crypto. Filecoin's becoming a layer one with smart contracts. This is exciting, dangerous. I'm not even sure what it means, but Ethereum should be worried. What's it mean to you? Well, I mean, no, Ethereum doesn't need to be worried. At the end of the day, Ethereum is never getting... Ethereum's so far entrenched, Abs. It doesn't have a chance uh, of getting, I think, knocked off the, the top, especially as it's trying to scale. Uh, what I do believe, though, is I've been saying this over and over again, that it will it will coexist with other uh, smart contract platforms. And File is an exciting one because I don't know if people understand how File works, but File is all about making a, a cloud-based service, creating cloud. Uh, you know, we know that clouds, everybody stores their information in the cloud. This is a decentralized cloud-based system by using parts of everybody's computer to form that. And to me, this is exciting because you need a cloud-based service if you're going to to have a decentralized system, right? You want a decentralized. Uh, and it's funny. I don't know if you guys remember this, but when we had Yusko on two or three times ago, he actually talked about what the what the what the layers might look like in terms of having a fully decentralized system. And he was talking about Ethereum being at the base of smart contract, Bitcoin being you know, the currency. And then file was actually in that layer where he talked about, you need to have a cloud platform for all of that to operate. So I do believe in the long run that certainly file has a lot of upside potential. I love file. I don't know if people realize, but in the last bull run, it got up to around $230. So, and now you can get it for, he <laughs> could have got as low as is three. That true, Johnny, that is amazing. I had no file idea. 200 and go look at oh that. Oh my God. That, that is, is unbelievable, unbelievable guys. 
$203 coin that you could have been buying for $2 literally last week or two weeks ago, whatever, three bucks, something like that. And now it's already double or triple. I think it's around $9 today. But I totally love this coin. It's one of the horses in my stable. And uh, I'll be riding this son of a bitch back to the top of the, hopefully those all-time highs in the next bull run. Well, Johnny, um, history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes, my friend. And when I look at this price chart, I can only imagine what could happen in 2025 with some real utility and some real adoption. We often apply that same concept to XRP. In 240 days, XRP did a 70 thousand percent gain in only 240 days back in 2018 so what are all of us doing here hoping that history repeats because it doesn't repeat but it often rhymes guys we got 347 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button johnny do you have a comment i just want to say somebody did their homework and and i'm going to give a, i'm going to give a shout out to i'm not going to put it on the screen but i am going to give a shout out to messy leo who did his homework and found out who who one of those elites were that own SBI. So good for you, Messi. And now the whole chat gets to see it too. And hopefully we won't get shadow banned, but uh, that is awesome, correct. So that, Thank you so much, Johnny. And we got waters above joining the show this Wednesday. So that's going to be a really exciting episode. 342 live listeners are joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. We're going to close this show up by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Andrew Cashlow. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to Gonzo, also known as Super G. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us.